This is the Dairy Brothers Tribecast, a podcast for diehard Cleveland Indians fans. Presented to you by WaitingForNextYear.com. Now, here are the hosts, Matt and Todd Derry. It's the Dairy Brothers Tribecast, everybody, on WaitingForNextYear.com. Matt and Todd with you on a Monday, May 17th, fresh off a West Coast trip. Well, the Indians are in the midst of a West Coast trip, Todd, and uh, it was not pretty this weekend. Boy, what a game on Thursday night. A win with Zach Plesak, near no-hitter. I was filling in on on Carmen and Lyman the other day and talking all about, oh, the Indians are red hot. They won 13-16, fourth best record of the American League. And then the offense just goes to sleep all weekend. Bieber doesn't have it yesterday. And now the team's lost three in a row. It's been kind of a wild, wild week as the Indians head to Anaheim now tonight. Yeah, uh, after that Thursday night game, like you said, I expected – at a minimum, you know, you got Bieber going on Sunday, so you're thinking, all right, at worst, we're going to get a split. But they had Flexen and Sheffield starting Friday and Saturday. You're like, all right, you got to believe that you'll get one of those two potentially. And like you said, the offense just completely shut it down. It was uh, ugly, to say the least. And uh, I think you and I have some plans on what we'd like to see happen. Uh, ASAFP, as they would say, but uh, <laughs> as of right now, uh, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm back to being frustrated again, which I, I was a lot happier last Sunday, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, and, and it's funny, and we're brought to you, of course, by the Center for Advanced Dentistry, Dr. Ben Hornstein, and BreakingTea.com slash Dairy, the Breaking Tea uh, t-shirts, the newest Franimal shirt, uh, Franimal shirt you got to check out. But yeah, I mean, you look up and you go, all right, they're 21 and 17, they're in second place in the division, comfortably in second place. Could be a lot worse. They still have a plus run differential. All these things come into play, and they are the youngest team in baseball. But, my goodness, hitting 209 as a team, second to last in all of baseball. The only team that's worse is the Mariners, who seem to be hitting the baseball just fine this weekend against our pitching. And now you're you know facing the... Mike Trout and Otani this week, so you're going to have to score some runs because they score runs. So it's frustrating. And the at-bats sometimes you just don't understand. Tito talked about it after the game yesterday about how guys are maybe thinking too hard, trying too hard, and and, and in between and all these things. But, you know, bunting yesterday. I mean, the whole weekend weekend sucked. Uh, Do do we want to get into yesterday's game a little bit and and – all the stuff that frustrated me before we go into the list. I mean, part of it is, is, is there, but yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned, you mentioned the bunt. So, you know, as, as, as you know, the Indians struggle to score runs, but that doesn't mean you should be giving up outs. So for those who didn't see the game yesterday in the seventh inning, the Indians are where they were down three, nothing scored two in the sixth. Seventh inning starts, first two guys get on board. You got first and second, and nobody else. Back-to-back singles by a pinch hit, a a single by Ahmed Rosario, followed by a single uh, from um, Cesar Hernandez. And up comes newly moved into the number two uh, spot, Eddie Rosario, who is, I believe he's in a two for, what was the number? Two for 26. Two for 26 slump. That is all well and good, but when 
you decide that you're going to send one of your best, quote unquote, best hitters up there to lay down a bunt against the left hand, you know, he's left handed, they had a left handed reliever on. And when he does lay down the bunt and it works, you know, listen, I, I, you and I, you, you know how I feel about bunting. Listeners to this podcast know how I feel about bunting. Right, right. This, bunting, is this, for, bunting is for losers. This wasn't extra innings. This wasn't moving a runner over for a fly ball type of thing. This is the the eighth in, or the seventh, the seventh yeah, inning the seventh. The against seventh Anthony Miscavige. Well, let's let's you know. Yes, the yeah. pride of Macomb County, but still, what, David Miscavige wasn't that the guy who ran? Uh, uh, he was the the uh, correct Scientology. Yes, Miscavige. Yes. All right. So, anyways. They laid down the bunt, and the first thing I said was, oh, great, I'm glad he bunted him over, so now they can intentionally walk the one guy that you want to have up more than anybody else in your lineup. Like, I understand if Eddie swings the bat, and even if he grounds into the double play with nobody out, you still have Jose Ramirez up with a man on third. Yeah, maybe they'll pitch around him, but it, not not in that way. The, 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 they bunting... Eddie Rosario immediately took the bat out of your best hitter's hands to load the bases and set up the double play for Franmil Reyes, who ended up grounding into a double play and ending the inning. And that was the game was over the yeah, second that it. bunt went down. That, that, was, that was basically it, yes. And, and it sounded like listening to Tito after the game that Rosario did that on his own. That's what it sounded like. Well, if he did, then it's... I, and this goes back to the redacted one who used to always lay down bunts, you know, on his own. That needs to be something that you talk about as a team. Guys, we're not giving up free outs. No bunting unless we tell you. I mean, listen, I love Tito, but you, you can't you, – you, you have some control in that situation. I will say this about Terry Francona. Todd, I would say the bunting for this team is way down from where it's been the past couple of years. You're right. It is way down. But, but the fact that it actually still happened yesterday in that situation sure, it doesn't excuse it. Aggravated me to no end. Sure. You've and got Jose Ramirez is the man. I mean, we saw this even on Thursday in the police act start. The guy just delivers big hit after big hit. He has to swing the bat. So moving a runner over, giving up a free out to an ice cold Fran Mill Reyes is a recipe for disaster. And it was. But even in the sixth inning, Jose Ramirez had that hustle double that was a single off the bat, and he ran and hard and made it, turned it into a double, which ended up getting, you know, was part of the, the two-run sixth. Um, but then, you know, the game was essentially over at that point because, you know, you, you came up in the ninth, in the in, the, in the, uh, uh, the next two innings, the eighth and ninth, and the bottom of that order is just like a black hole right it's now. So, I mean, it's so painful. I mean, listen, I... I'm a fan of Austin Hedges from a defensive standpoint. I mean, the guy's a killer framer. He really calls a good game. He's an ideal backup catcher. You know, he's he, he might get a hold of one at some point, but he's the ideal backup. The problem is he's not playing every day. And he came up again. I, 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 he, I, he came up down th- when the Indians got to 3-2 and he struck out on three pitches. They brought in... Uh, uh, the vest, whatever his name is, vest like West. I can't, I can't think of his name. But uh, he came in to face Hedges, and he struck out on three pitches. It was, it was, it was awful. overmatched. Too many. We have too many guys that are overmatched right now. Andres Jimenez is overmatched. Austin Hedges is overmatched. Um, you know, Jake Bowers. Jake Bowers at, uh, at times. Although he did have that good 
RBI uh, single going the other way. Right, right. But but once in a blue moon, a good you see a good piece of hitting isn't good enough from your first base spot. I mean, when when you have automatic outs, <clears throat> unfortunately in center field, first base, shortstop, and catcher, that that's a that's an issue. And yeah, pitching is <clears throat> more prevalent in baseball, and it's dominating the sport, but. The, the, the proof is in the pudding. The stats don't lie. This team is second to last in all of baseball in batting average. And I know it's not just about batting average, but you want to look at run score, they're 26, whatever it is. It's, it's, it's a problem. And there's solutions to the problem. But the question is, is this front office willing to push the needle here and press the button now as opposed to waiting? I don't know what they're waiting for anymore when it comes to Owen Miller. Nothing, there's, no, there's nothing more he needs to be doing at AAA. Bring him up now. Fly his ass out there now to L.A. Get him out there. They're facing two lefties this week, back-to-back. Let's go. Heading into yesterday, he was hitting 500, 20 for 40. 20 for 40. It's incredible. So I agree. Uh, he's, I yeah, we he's, saw this. He's hitting what? He's hitting 477. He's got an OPS of 1192. Yeah. 1192. Yeah, 850 is great. So I tell you, but but I, I think this is pretty telling. Um, Andres Jimenez was buried this weekend. They gave him a start on Sunday uh, because it was a bullpen day, but he was completely buried. Ahmed Rosario played short the first three games of that series, including uh, against two right-handers. So I think it's pretty telling. Yu Chang also went from playing first base as a platoon partner with Jake Bowers to, you know, essentially being completely buried also. I mean, he he, he got a pinch hit opportunity this weekend, but it was his only at bat, I believe. And uh, it was horrible. You know, they've gone to Naylor at first base against lefties uh, instead of Chang when they're sitting Bowers. So, um, uh, to, to me, it's pretty simple. You can bring up t- you bring up two bats and you send out Jimenez and Chang and replace them with two bats. One being Owen Miller and one being whoever you want that other bat to be. You got options. You got Daniel Johnson. You got Bobby Bradley. Um, I, I don't think they would bring up Gabriel Arias. He's he hasn't been all that hot. Nolan Jones has been bad, so he's not ready. Um, I, I, but I, I got to believe that they're. It's not just, and here's the other thing I want to caution Indians fans about. While Owen Miller has been great, I don't want it to be where Owen Miller's coming up, everybody. Let's hit him. You know, he's got to immediately produce or else we're all going to jump off the bandwagon. You know what I mean? It's We got to be careful there because, yes, he he is a hitting machine, but you know, you got to temper the expectations just a little bit. I, you you wonder if they would have the guts, and I don't think they're going to do it. But you mentioned Gabriel Arias. I mean, up to a 900 OPS, 278, hit the ball very well all week against Omaha. Had a home run the other day. Um, you know, they're playing. The Columbus team is heading to Toledo. They're playing six games this week: Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And if I wasn't if I wasn't going to two possibly three of the four Indians Tigers game uh, unnamed team games next week, I would drive to Toledo. Uh, I don't think I could do it this week. <laughs> but uh, that, come on, yeah. man, you're gonna you're burning the candle at both ends here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've been divorced once. I'm not planning on it again. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, 
But, like, would they bring up Miller and Arias and go, okay, we're going to put Gabe Arias at short, and we're going to put Owen Miller at first, and let's and let's ride. That's I would love to see that. Because people are like, oh, is Arias, would he be ready? He's only 21. I know he's only 21, but I've watched the 22-year-old that they've tried so far, and I and I still like. I, I'm telling you, Andres Jimenez, I, I watched Andres Jimenez enough last year to know there's something there. Right now, he's just overmatched and he's and he's nervous you know yeah and i think he's totally pressing because he his numbers are bad and he probably is feeling the pressure that the writing's on the wall the only other the only thing is about arias you know he was an a ball in 2019 like you know the high a so really his his 11 or 12 games that he's been in in columbus are his first you know 40 at bats above a ball. So that's a big jump for him to make. I don't the knowing the franchise the way we do, I, I don't, I think it would be Miller and, and Bradley before they did anything uh, or Miller and Johnson before they did anything with Arias. Well, if you bring up Daniel Johnson, um, I mean, that, that, does that mean Naylor goes to first every day, no matter what? And you're just, well, you're done with Bauer. The, the, what's that? What about Jake? Enough. Enough. Mm-hmm. Enough already. Goodbye. Seen enough. I know. I know. I know. I don't like him either, but I, it does, doesn't it seem to, to to me that or to you that if they would have gotten rid of him, it would have been by now? I mean, I, there, it seems like they're riding this a little bit longer. My original beginning of the season prediction was that they were getting him to June 1st, but then, like, he was so bad to start, I figured, you know, what, you started the hunger strike three weeks ago. He should have, I thought he was going to be gone. And he's he somehow managed to make it through. He's had some decent at-bats. He's had some decent hits. They had the home run in Kansas City. Like you said, the RBI in Seattle the other night was really nice against the shift. But, you know, the, the, this occasional really nice hit isn't cutting it anymore. You know, I was looking at some numbers today, like, the Astros are on fire. Jordan Alvarez is killing it. Now, I'm not saying we have anything close right. to that. But we don't, I mean, other than Jose Ramirez and a streaky Franimal, like, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. And yeah, and Jake I, Bowers is not is not some first-year guy anymore. So Bobby Bradley's the older than Jake Bowers. You, know, you mean you don't like a, uh, your first baseman have a 556 OPS? It's ridiculous. <laughs> And I know Bobby Bradley, people are going to go, wait a minute, he's hitting 171 at Columbus. Maybe Bobby Bradley's going, you know what, I've done this now for five, four, five years, sitting down here at, 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 in Columbus. Like, it's time. I, I need a chance. Maybe he's bored down there. Th- that could be. Now, he could come up and be, a, and be a K machine. Terry Pluto talks about it all the time on Cleveland.com. Bobby Bradley struck out 14 times in 20. Okay, but do you watch Major League Baseball? Not, no, I'm not ripping on Terry. I'm just making a point. Like everybody's striking out, but that's true. But Bradley's OPS is still 7.49 at Columbus. He still has four home runs. Like I'd rather see that menacing frame come to the plate with a couple guys on and a chance to get us a a three run slice than Jake Bowers hoping he can take one the other way and battle it out with a good at bat. Oh, gosh. Hey, he's pushed a don't, – don't knock it. He's pushed his batting average uh, from one, 189 in, in April to 194 in May. So, come on. <laughs> Cut the guy some slack. He got that OPS up to 628. Yeah, he's, he's caught up on 9 foe. 
What a job. Uh, Dairy Brothers Tribecast. It's a Monday. Uh, you know, this, it's funny. This show can just be like, woo, we're back. Look at this. We're, you know, the fourth, fourth best record in baseball, bitch. Woo. Now it's like, we suck again. Got the Mariners too. Like, I know it was exciting for the Mariners to bring up Kellenick and Gilbert and all that, but that's a bad, that's a bad team. Yeah. We went over the roster last weekend. We couldn't believe how horrible it was but and then the indians went out and lost three to three or four I mean, dylan so, moore dylan moore just pulverizing pitches and, and yeah. we get to let's get into the pitching because while i think the pitchers are squeezing the baseball hard because they know they're not getting any help you know i think tristan mckenzie looks up and it's always zero zero when he's when he's pitching in the fourth inning it seems like and then he gives up a couple of bombs and he's out you know poor zach please can't get in any run support He's been a part of three, three, you know, two no hitters and a near no hitter, and then had to, you know, sweat it out at the end on Thursday. Um, you know, I think the pitchers need to get some help from the offense. But with that being said, Todd, I, I do believe that you know, Shane. Let's start with Shane Bieber yesterday. Bad outing, yes, but the outing before when he's in the like hundred one one hundred twenty pitch range was ridiculous. I don't. I wonder if that had any effect on yesterday. I, I and we texted about this yesterday. I absolutely believe it had an effect. He, if, if you recall, and you go back to Tuesday's game against the Cubs, uh, everybody thought after he was over. I think he was at a hundred pitches after six, and we were all assuming that he would not come back out for the seventh. And Tito brought him back out for the seventh. He walked the first guy, gave up a hit to the second guy. Uh, and, and it was like, what are we doing here? And he got all the way up to 121 pitches, and it turned out to be a huge mistake. And I know that three of the top five most uh, thrown pitches in a game this year have all have been Shane Bieber, which it's May. It's, it's May 17th when we're recording this. I mean, I know he's a horse. I know he's a stud. And this is your guy, but is it really necessary to, to to trot him out there for the seventh when things were under control? He clearly was was at the end. Of, you know, he was clearly out of gas. They said it on the broadcast. You could see it on the game. And then I think yesterday it completely affected him. He was at a hundred pitches in five, in five innings. He couldn't even couldn't even finish the fifth. It was the, the shortest outing in two years. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then you know the reason why. Well. He, Tito would never admit it, but the, you know they wanted him to keep break that eight uh, eight plus K record um, it, 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 against the Cubs, which he did by sending him back out there for another inning. But that's these things. Who cares about records? I'm I'm more worried about long term here, and it totally affected him yesterday. But even so, he gave up three runs, and the the Mariners didn't score. I mean, the Indians lost the game when because they scored two runs as usual. Right, and went zero for eight, and went zero for eight with runners in scoring position. I I, I want to say at one point, were they like one for nineteen or one for you know whatever it was for with runners in scoring position? It, it's it's it comes back to the hitting. These I think you said it best. Uh, these these starters are squeezing the ball so hard because they think they have to be so fine and can't make any mistakes because God forbid the offense. Score four runs. When they score four runs, they're they, they don't lose. No, no, the numbers bear it out, and 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 
it's you know the, the Bieber thing. I'm I'm a little I'm a little concerned, but I still think he's amazing, and I think he'll be fine. Uh, yesterday was look. You're going to have some clunkers. You're going to go out to the West Coast. You know Shane's looking forward to the next three days out in, in California, where he's from. This is basically going to be a three day vacation for him to see friends and family out there because he's not pitching. Maybe he had that on his mind. Maybe he's making plans. You never know. This it's, it's going to happen. Um, but you're right, the Tuesday game where you're like, what's he still doing in that game? Especially with this bullpen. You can, it's not like the bullpen stinks and the starters have to go longer because it's like, oh my gosh, we got to hand the reins over to this guy and that guy. You know, I mean, the team the Indians are going to play this week, the Angels, I did some advanced scouting this week. Uh, their bullpen's a joke. Like, they just had to make a trade for Hunter Strickland because they have nobody out there. And they'll have a bullpen game tonight. We'll talk about it when we go over the matchups. But... It's still about the starting pitching, and boy, when Bieber loses a game like yesterday, even though he wasn't god-awful and gave up six runs or something, it still hurts because you usually win those starts. McKenzie, I don't know what to do with because, you know, he, he doesn't. It's a concern. Yeah. He, it's, he's, he's not getting it done, and, and it's not like, you know, right. at the start of the year it was, wow, we got like seven starters. This is great. Well, Logan Allen has, has petered out and not pitching well, by the way, Columbus. Uh, so you can't bring him back. Cal Quantrill, I don't know if he's stretched out anymore. Um, and then you got McKenzie. And then to sit here and go, well, do we have anybody at Columbus? Well, look at Columbus and Erie. Or Erie. Akron, um, not yet. Jean Carlos uh, um, Mejia is probably the guy who's going to get the call. He's got to sit on a two. ERA, but yeah, um, but, but he's not he, as highly thought of as some of these other guys. But I mean, he's been on the forty man for a long time. He has, so yeah, no, he, he has. May get the next shot. He actually traveled with the team on the taxi squad um, before the before the before the triple A season. Yeah, he did. No, no, it was like a a, a week ago. Um, what, who did they play before when they were when they were in Chicago and Kansas City? He was on that trip. So um, it was right before. Whenever they, it was, it was right before the home opener for them, because he pitched the opening game. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he might be next in line. Um, you know, you mentioned Quantrill. I think Cal's done a pretty decent job in his role. He in has, Penn, and I think they like him as kind of a swing guy who gives a couple innings when it's, you know, they might be down a run or two. Uh, I think they like having that guy there. I mean, it was the it was the role that Plutko had for the last couple of years. He, he's he's done a decent job with it. So, like you said, he's not stretched out, and you know maybe I, I, I'm not sure, but McKenzie has been bad. I mean, he doesn't pitch more than five innings ever, and you know this last start, it's you know it's just, he he's a classic case, like you said, of squeezing the ball too hard. He also is is walking way too many guys, and it's seemingly you know. He, He's big on walks two guys and then gives up a three-run homer. Can't have that, which is obviously a, a problem. Uh, but but what you said earlier was right. We thought we had you know eight starting pitchers, and now all of a sudden you're like, well, uh, Logan Allen, he he's not coming back anytime soon. Can we get can uh, we can we can we trade for Pletko and bring him back? <laughs> <laughs> he started yesterday or not yesterday Saturday against the Yankees, uh, one inning. Four earned runs. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. Poor guy. God what a, what a, he's a what, great man. But, Papa uh, Plutt? What a great guy. Yeah. Well, what I mean, but that's the thing. It's just like, you know, Plesak was just unbelievable on Thursday. And I know you fell asleep, and it, it was it was wild mm-hmm. to be up. Hold on. 
You fell asleep for the end. I, I fell asleep after I stayed up. The story is this. I was falling asleep, and I noticed about the fifth inning he hadn't given up a hit. So I was like, all right, I'm going to stay up. And then the sixth inning he didn't give up a hit. And the seventh inning he didn't. So I stayed up. Then when the no-hitter was broken up and it was 4 nothing, I'm like, all right. As our father used to say, only bad things can happen from this point on. You don't want to be here when we blow it. So that's when I turned off the television and woke up to your many texts about man a not uh not doing the job and shaw coming in and closing the door boys he, he's been unbelievable what can you say shaw? about what can you say about brian shaw man he's been great great not good great and throwing harder than he's ever thrown in his career pretty amazing it is it is so all right let's get more uh in depth here i want to i want to talk about this week and uh we mentioned this Owen Miller situation. There, there could be an opportunity, a good opportunity. I mean, we're going to explain that uh, coming up next. But first, uh, Breaking Tea. We'll get into them first. Uh, the new Franimal shirt is out at breakingtea.com slash dairy, D-E-R-Y. Go to Breaking Tea. They've got Loop, there it is. They got the J-Ram shirt from last year, the Act one. But now a couple of new shirts, the Uncle Brian and the, and the boys. Uh, bullpen shirt, which is cool, but this Franimal shirt, Todd, it's sweet. Uh, I'm on board. It's sweet. It, it is. I like it. And I think uh, Nephew Jory had something to do with that one, but uh, 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 shout out to Nephew Jory who went to the game with his father yesterday. Cousin Matt, who wore his, who wore a uh, Don't Bunt t-shirt, ironically, in Seattle <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, Cousin <laughs> cousin Matt is, cousin Matt was not <laughs> Cousin Matt was not thrilled. Uh, uh, numerous texts flying in yesterday, including him getting stuck in the parking lot after the game yesterday. But uh, th- that's one of those where, you, I mean, you, you can't leave. It's 3-2. You know, the team never comes out to Seattle, ever. And, of course, we bring the go-ahead run to the plate and Eddie Rosario, and we know how that goes. But, yes, the Franimal shirt is great. And uh, go to breakingtea.com slash dairy for all your stuff that you want, whether it's uh, Browns gear, Cavs gear, Tribe, um, and any other T-shirts that, that that you'd be interested in getting. You know, it's the summertime. You'll be wearing T-shirts now. BreakingT.com slash dairy, D-E-R-Y. Get your gear today. Uh, what about uh, the Center for Advanced Dentistry? You know, I'm very torn, Todd, because when I work at 92.3 The Fan, they have, <laughs> I'm not going to say the name of the competitor, but they, they have a competitor on the air, and it just makes me, it makes me cringe because I know how great Dr. Ben is, and I know that that, that goes for you as well. Yes. Uh, we, we, it, it, it's, listen, the Center for Advanced Dentistry, it's, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. You got America's greatest dentist over there. How can you even bother going to anybody else? And... He's joined up with his new partner, Dr. Sean Slessel, who couldn't be a nicer guy. And they're best known for taking care of your overall health, making sure that you're happy in a stress-free and fun environment. Because as we all know, nobody likes going to the dentist. But over at the Center for Advanced Dentistries, they can do anything that you need, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, just getting your, your routine checkup to a full mouth makeover, you name it, they can do anything. So check them out when you get a chance at cfad.net or give them a call at 216-595-1710. And forget about all other dentists. Just check out the Center for Advanced Dentistry. 
Street, Dr. Ben Hornstein, Dr. Sean Schlusser. Check them out, cfad.net or 216-595-1710. How's the, how's the throat, by the way? You, you, you do not sound 100%. Do I sound bad? No, you sound good, but you're battling through. I can hear it. Yeah, things are... Uh... Things have taken a turn for the worse, despite my uh, uh, double vaccine. Hopefully, hopefully everything's just fine, and and I'm uh, and I'm all good. But yeah, well, I'm battling. Listen, I, I like the Indians. I battle. That's that's true. That's true. Well, let's get into the vaccine, shall we? Two one six five. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, you, you don't want me to get started. On that. That's for sure. Ooh, baby. Lose a few. Li- Probably lose a few listeners. Oh, no, we can't. We can't have that. Um, no, we can't. All right, Class A, are you concerned? Uh, yesterday he got through the ninth in a non-save situation, but uh, he needs he needs a rest. I mean, that guy, I, I think he needs just a breather, don't you think? You know, he the, the um, he came in, what day was it? It was his third consecutive day. And Thir- he Thursday. It was, it, Thursday. It Thursday. Like, you know, it was... It was an unnecessary use of him, and he ended up having no command and having had to be bailed out by Brian Shaw. Um, he was fine yesterday, but I am concerned about his command. And then it comes to the point where you start to think to yourself, Karen Cech is 99, should I say, is, is the uh, superior pitcher. It's interesting because despite the fact that Class A throws harder and everything is 100-101, because of Karen Jack's, uh, uh unbelievable curveball, he's got a much higher uh, strikeout rate than uh, Class A does. So wouldn't wouldn't surprise me one bit if you, if you saw them kind of flip flopping roles at you know throughout the rest of the way. That wouldn't shock me at all. Well, I mean, I think Class A. Uh, I, I just the way. I, don't get me wrong, I love James, and I think he's been amazing. And his posing on the mound during the Wednesday day game against oh the Cubs God. was absolutely hilarious. Right. I mean, I thought it was funny. But but it's like... <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was very 2021 baseball, which I enjoyed. Yes, but um, I still think Class A, when he's on, just throwing a 100-101, and he's got a little bit more maturity than, than Karen Jack. And... To me, I love that combo the way it is. So does my so does my eleven uh, year old daughter. <laughs> Brooke is mature for her age. I, I will say that. Um, yes, she is. You know, she she knows she knows. But that I I like where it is now. But with Class A, like I just think the overuse. You know, look Thursday night was a save situation, but it was the third day. And I, I I'd stay away. It seems like Karen Chat could pitch every day. Really, it really seems that way. But with with Class A, Seattle was a little bit of a a bumpy road for sure. And the first time that we ever really saw him, you know, sort of lose it. And then yesterday, same thing. You're like, wow, you don't see all these walks. He got out of it. But you know, that's why a game like tonight, when you've got you know Patrick Sandoval pitching for the Angels on a pitch count of sixty, a lefty bullpen guy that the last time he pitched was in Houston earlier in the week and he was getting lit up. Um, that's why you got to hope the offense can can jump out to a lead tonight. And I, I know that's like you know odd for me to say because it is our offense. But and you don't have to use him because he's just he's pitched a lot. I get why Tito wanted to put him back out there Sunday after he didn't pitch Friday and Saturday. But I also think some of these guys, you know, Shaw could pitch every day. 
But we have other guys. We have other guys to rely upon on the, in this. The bullpen's pretty good. So hopefully that was just a little bit of a hiccup. Seattle and new city, new new venue, and and he'll be back. Because I'm not I'm not that worried about him. I think he's really good. Yeah, and I I, I we talked about this before, but you have so many other good arms. So that, that's why I don't understand the overuse. And and it, Tito's been doing this for years, but. I know he gave up a, a couple runs the other night, but, you know, Sandlin really has come on. It seems like Whitgren's kind of been buried, um, which isn't the worst thing in the world. Uh, I, I still think Kyle Nelson's down in AAA. I still think you'll see him at some point. They got a lot of good options out there. Cal Quantrill's been very good, as I said earlier. So I just am very worried about come September – that Class A, Shaw, and Karen Jack are going to be dead. And they're going to need them, and they're not going to be peaking. They're going to be peaking at the wrong time. I agree with that. All right, let's talk about this week. So, you know, you figure you, you, figure you have some low-scoring games against the Mariners because they don't hit. They have the worst batting average in baseball, actually lower than the Indians. And then the Indians are the second worst at 209. 209. And 209? <laughs> <laughs> Get Eddie Cohn's uh, new music, by the way. Um, check him out on YouTube. Just type in Eddie C-O-H-N. There's a plug for our guy. But um, but now, like I said, I mean, the Angels can really hit. Their pitching blows, but they can really hit. Um, so you got three with the Angels. I-, I love these start times out in Anaheim. 9.38 tonight, 9.38 Tuesday, and 8.07 on Wednesday. I'll take 9.38 as opposed to 10.10, though. Yes. The problem with that's a big half hour right there. The problem on Wednesday is you're going to have the shadows because that's five o'clock, yeah. LA time, and Otani's pitching. So that's good luck trouble. with that. That's big trouble. Um, so tonight, Patrick Sandoval, a lefty out of their bullpen. It's basically a bullpen game against Sam Hentges. Uh, you know, Big Sam against the Cubs, especially against their left-handed hitters, really look good. It's just a matter of control. But again. The Angels feature a lot of deadly right-handed bats. Of course, the best player in the game, Mike Trout, and then Anthony Rendon's no slouch. Um, Tuesday, Andrew Heaney, he of the first pitch of the game the other night against the Astros, uh, Jose Altuve took deep, and his ERA is over five, but that's another lefty against Zach Plesak. That's Tuesday night. And then I mentioned Wednesday afternoon, Otani, Shohei Otani, who... (laughs) Let's talk about. Uh, did you see his home run yesterday at at, at, yeah. at Fenway? Down to their like last strike. Last strike, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Impressive against uh, Aaron Savali. So we'll be going up against Joe Madden, your guy. Um, I know for the next three days. You know when you play the Angels, I'm always of the opinion Mike Trout should never see a pitch to hit ever. I agree. But I with agree. Rendon but and so Otani, he's so selective. He's very. It's very much like Jose Ramirez. You shouldn't. The Indians should never. I mean, there should be nobody throwing him anything ever. I don't understand why he does. Why he ever sees anything. No, it doesn't make a lot of a whole lot of sense. That's for sure. But with with Trout, he's just the guy is the guy is just amazing. But again, the Indians are going to have to score some runs this week. Uh, because... Yeah, but you know, here's a prime example. The the, the, the Angels of, of what the Indians continue to lack and that and I know listen the, the Angels are five games under they're they're not a great team but they have this kid Jared Walsh who came up and you know 
big time prospect was supposed to, you know, deliver and he's come up and he's been awesome for them. Yeah. And that's the yeah. reason why they that they DFA'd uh uh one of the reasons that they got rid of Albert Pujols because Walsh has been unbelievably good for them. Is he related to Brandon uh, Walsh? You know, it could be. You never know. They're both on the West Coast. That's right. Uh, um but but that's the thing, like wouldn't it be nice if, uh, uh, you know, the Indians, uh, you know, it's like two years ago, hey, uh, Jake Bowers, we're going to bring him up and use him, and he would have come up and immediately been great. I mean, other than the redacted one, I can't remember that happening recently. How's he playing with the Mets, by the way? Oh, moratorium. That's That's been a hell of a trade for both teams. <laughs> Best player in, uh, of that uh, of that trade so far has been Ahmed Rosario. Okay, I know he had the walk off the other day against the Cubs, but then like Tito's like, Tito's like, let's ride, let's ride him this week. He just the more I watch him, he's just not an everyday player. He's just not. He, he, he had a good week though. For him, I guess he did okay. I just I don't. Know. His defense actually in Seattle was not bad, especially in the police yeah. game. He was making plays, but when yeah, well, when we're not talking about his defense, that means it's good. I mean, not good. It's it's good enough. Was it the strikeout he had yesterday where he just he had no uh, ch- it was in the ninth inning? Yeah. Oh. Great Graveman just abused him. Like it just was like, goodbye, you know? No chance. No chance. But the Angels, by the way, have scored thirty more runs than the Indians. Uh or excuse me, twenty uh twenty more runs than the Indians. But they've given up two hundred and twenty runs in forty games, thirty nine games. And the Indians have given they, up 143. You know, they got a lot of nice hitters. I mean, yeah, their lineup's David, good. David Fletcher is good. Kills us. Uh, Rend- Rendon is good. Walsh is off to a great start. Justin Upton's always killed the Indians. You know, I know he's towards the end of his career, but and then Otani's and Trout are awesome. So I mean, they got some nice. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Nice yeah, they just their pitching's bad, real bad. Yeah, and we're not facing uh, Dylan Bundy, right? Or Griffin, Can- or Griffin Canning. Those are the two we're missing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, all right. So those are three games uh, in Anaheim. Then the team has an off day Thursday, and this is where the Indians need to make a decision too, Todd, because they could skip McKenzie. They could, they if they should. if they wanted to. But again, do you want to give Bieber an extra day? Well, that's also true too. That's so, the worst thing yet to be determined is what the Indians are going to do. But check out this one. So then they play the Twins at uh, Progressive Field. Regressive field. Um, You're going Sunday? Yeah. You're going to face one of your favorite people. Michael Pineda is pitching Sunday. Uh, So anyway, for the Twins, Kenta Maeda Friday, Jay Happ Saturday, Michael Pineda Sunday. But listen to this one. Listen to this one. The Twins are playing the White Sox? Hold on. Wait a minute. i got to get this right. Yes. They play eight games. Listen, the Twins play the White Sox Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at home. They then have to fly to L.A. and play the Angels for two makeup games. Thursday at 4 Eastern and the doubleheader uh, finale at 7 Eastern after that. Then they got to fly all the way to Cleveland. Wow. <laughs> That's nuts. Let's say that game ends at midnight Eastern. Let's say that somehow, someway that game goes late into the night on Thursday night in the second half of the doubleheader. They're gonna they're gonna leave at what midnight or twelve thirty in the morning, Eastern time out in L.A. Fly across the country back to Cleveland. How long's that flight? Four hours. 
L.A. to Cleveland? Yeah. It's five. Five? Get to their hotel at six in the morning? Tailwind situation. Yeah. Six in the morning, let's say they get to the Ritz or wherever they're staying, and then they've got to go and play the Indians that night? I mean, there, there should be no excuse. that the, You know, then that's crazy. Crazy. So the Indians might be catching a break and catching a very tired Twins team, uh, especially on that Friday. It was ice cold, and I still cannot believe how bad they are. It's I mean, amazing. They're really bad. They're worse than the unnamed team. How's that possible? They're dead last at 13 and 25. Brutal. Still have a good offense. Still have the second best offense in the division, but their pitching is horrible. That's what makes no sense. Because you looked up last year and you went, man, Barrios, Maeda was great. Maeda was great. Maeda this year has been a disaster. Uh, their pen, their pen, of course, uh, the Indians had a, was it a Duffy or who, who was it that Ramirez hit the home run off of earlier in the year when we beat the Twins? But. Um, Penn hasn't yeah, been the Tyler same. Duffy. Yeah, uh, has not been the same. Colome has been a disaster for them. Took him out of the closer role. So yeah, I mean it's uh, you know we're catching them at a good time, if that's such yes, a thing because they're, they're going to wake up. They can't be this bad. They not not with Nelson Cruz and Arise and Kepler. They can't be this bad. Uh, I'm just looking at the schedule and I think I know the plan for McKenzie. This is this is my guess. So McKenzie would be facing the Twins, who, you know, are bad, and the Tigers, who are bad, in his next two starts. If he's bad again, that's got to be it. You're, you got two starts against two, the two worst teams in the, the American League right now, record-wise. This is your chance. Either you do it or you're out. So I, I'm going to guess that he's on notice for these next two starts. Well, that, that would put him to pitch. You know, maybe you pitch him Friday, know, knowing the Twins are going to be exhausted from this travel. Yeah. You know, I mean, because they had the COVID issue earlier in the year, they had to make up these games. There's their off day Thursday. So they're playing three with the White Sox, then flying to L.A., like I said. But, yeah, so maybe McKenzie does pitch Friday. We'll, we'll have to wait and see um, on that. But, no, this is a, you know, if you can get a couple of games, if you can take two out of three from the Angels, finish the road trip semi-decently, come home to, like you said, the Twins, and then go to Detroit for four with that team. Uh, I will be there for uh, my birthday, a birthday, which will be a week from today. Monday, yeah. And uh, I'm going Monday and Tuesday, possibly Thursday afternoon, but uh, no names, please, on that one. But we'll see, you know. Uh, time to wake up. And I, I would love Owen Miller to be there t- tonight. I would love to see something on Twitter today about him being brought up. But as you have said, you think it'll be Friday. It's got to be this yeah. week. It has to be this week. Yeah. You got the off day. It's a perfect opportunity to mess with the roster. You know, I, that's I, I said it last week. I think that Friday was the target date for Owen Miller's uh, arrival. And it'll be very easy for to to get him from Toledo to Cleveland Thursday or Friday for what's it an, yeah. hour, an hour and a half? I mean, it's easy. Yep. So it's not like that they're up at Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, or wherever they you know uh, they could be uh, or Louisville. It's be easy to get him from Toledo to Cleveland. He's got to be here. At least him. At least, I mean, there's nothing else for him to prove. There's nothing else for him to prove. And we had Anthony Castrovitz on the morning show the other day, and on the fan, and he said it. He's like Tito even loves him, and he was hitting during spring training, and now he's hitting Triple uh, A, hitting four seventy seven. So well, look at Andy. Andy on this very pod was all over him. That was his guy. Yes, he was. We missed Hammy on the radio. He's taking the, this road trip off. He's no dummy. He doesn't want to stay up late. He can't travel with the team. So you think you you think that Hammy? Wants to go downtown to the Progressive Field to call those games at 10 p.m. 
He's like, fuck that. I'm a tenure <laughs> professor. I'm out. Someone called Go Justin Ma- someone called Justin Masterson to be the color analyst with Jim Rosenhaus. My goodness. Yeah. Nasty oh, Masty, the man who was on the mound when we clinched the uh, the wild card in Minnesota back in, uh, what year was that, 2013? Yeah, that was 2013. Towards the end of his run, he was like, he's a great dude, but he was all about like his wife's cookie business. He was pitching like <laughs> shit, and he kept, he kept like tweeting like about his wife's cookie business. I was like, this is what you care about? <laughs> I, I, you know, poor, that poor guy's arm that poor guy's arm fell off his he was like topping out at 86 at the end of his career yeah I mean he was a very thoughtful guy like I mean really just a, uh, he was a great dude I mean he still is a great dude and I think that baseball was one of those like he was a skilled in this so it was a means to an end for him it was not what defined him which I respect in a way but towards the end he was clearly it was, it was about his, I'm telling you I remember specifically like he he walked like six guys and pitched like, you know, oh. four innings and got lit up. And then like later in the day, he like tweeted about his wife's cooking business. And I was like, this, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Masterson memories, man. Just awesome. Just awesome. All right, Todd, uh, let, let's get back at it late night tonight and hopefully get, uh, get a W here. Yes, sir. Rest that voice. I'll do the best I can. Dairy Brothers Tribecast for another week on waitingfornextyear.com. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) Right.